Welcome to the Indian Silicon Valley podcast. I'm your host Jivraj and on this podcast I take up one startup concept at a time and discuss it with the founder who has practically seen it all. Each episode gets us further in building the startup of our dreams, taking the Indian Valley forward. In this episode I speak with Mohammad Zishan, co-founder and CEO of My Captain. My Captain as you may know is an online learning platform that helps us users take our first plunge at our passion. Be it photography, content, artificial intelligence or multiple such courses that explore our creative pursuits. Vishan started My Captain at the age of 90 having observed the lack of such a platform. From what began as a discussion amongst friends in an engineering college exploring alternative career pathways turned into a platform leading change in the country my captain with its unique personalized model has a strong core built on trust and mentorship zishan too has multiple experiences which testify to the power of mentorship thus i thought it would be best to dive deeper into the art of mentorship with zishan Throughout the episode, we speak about a host of themes, including the evolution of the startup ecosystem in India, the art of mentorship, the timing and requirement of coaching, the edtech space in general, the evolving nature of starting up, and some intricate lessons which shall help any and all aspiring founders out there. Let's tune in to the 22nd episode of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast. The art of mentorship with my captain's Mohammad Zisha. This episode is brought to you in association with the entrepreneurship cell of Wellord Institute of Technology. Without further ado, I would like to welcome Mr. Mohammad Zisha of my captain on the show. Thank you so much, Mohammad, for joining me. It's such a pleasure to host you. Thank you so much, buddy. I'm um, really looking forward to this podcast. Let's let's dive in. Absolutely, Mohammad. So, uh, so you know, I like to begin with the first question that talks about the Indian ecosystem, and especially given that you started off as a student entrepreneur and then you have been at it for quite some time. Uh, it'd be lovely to understand what have your observation been from the ecosystem and how has it evolved, and you know, what are the opportunities in store for young entrepreneurs like myself. Um, my journey began back when I was just nineteen years of age uh, in two thousand thirteen. and 2013 was this you know era of uh, the peak of the startup bubble in india where almost every other idea which made a little bit of sense as well was getting um, you know uh, angel funded or venture funded as well and it it was especially happening in cities like bangalore um, delhi uh, mumbai pune etc etc so um the, my journey began when when the startup ecosystem was still in its initial bubble uh over the last few years it has completely transformed it has matured massively there's more focus on um on companies on startups which are actually able to generate recurring revenue uh, massive revenues have paid users and not just uh, you know a, a free model or any any idea that that just made any kind of a uh, normal sense so i think the factors on which the vcs and the angels are now judging uh startups and you know putting them money in has uh, definitely definitely matured uh, and evolved um i still feel that the ecosystem celebrates funding more than it celebrates uh, you know uh, success of uh, a great product uh, of of paid users of 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 uh, nps scores or anything more um, i feel that you know there's a lot of jazz that is getting um is that's around funded um, organizations and especially 100 million 200 million dollar funded um, yeah. organizations and it's it's you know some kind of a uh, focus is also put on organizations and startups which are more sustainable more um, uh, profitable more uh, scalable and right. uh, you know uh, have brilliant products so that's that's what what my opinion has been there have been a few companies especially in the last 2 or 3 years that have Uh, you know become billion dollar companies being bootstrapped so and there's there's hope 
that's okay. I'm, I'm really excited to see more sustainable organizations <laughs> for sure for sure yeah and you know the bubble or and the media bias of funding needs to you know get uh, <laughs> settled down i guess and that's why like so it's great to have entrepreneurs like you who testify to this and uh, founders can really take a cue from it because unit economics and sustainable business models are actually what matter as well going forward and that's what keeps the business running so wonderful to hear yeah. that mohammed then you know like uh, moving ahead i'd love to take a deep dive into you know or maybe take a step back to your journey because you started out at 19 and that's always inspirational to say the least and would love to understand the difficulties or you know what was that aha moment <laughs> for you that made you made you feel that this is what I'm going to do for the better part of my young vibrant career <laughs> so I uh, would love to okay. know more about your uh, starting journey all right i think a lot of people who have known about my captain know the story of mm-hmm. of my captain know how it started right it, it started from a hostel room discussion where a couple of my friends and i were sitting a night before our exams and we all know what happens in an engineering room engineering ho- hostel a night before the exams right you're you're supposed to be doing what we call as group studies and in one of these supposedly group study sessions we started talking about everything under the sun right from economics politics uh, education system astronomy astrophysics and anything and everything that you could possibly uh, you know uh, imagine and through the course of this discussion we started talking about yeah if not engineering if we were actually allowed to do what is it that we were passionate about what is it what career we actually wanted to pursue what would it b and my friend said over there that you know what uh, i always wanted to become a writer uh, my other friend said that i always wanted to become an economist and i said that hey i always wanted to become an astronomer and it struck us that despite the fact that three of us were very clear about what is it that we wanted to become we were not able to do that we were all studying fluid dynamics in in an engineering hostel room a subject that we were absolutely not interested in and a degree that made no sense to us right and we realized that this is a problem um, that is faced by our entire generation any person who wanted to pursue a career which was not engineering law medicine architecture uh, was absolutely confused and did not know how to pursue a career in any field apart from these conventional uh, you know 5 6 7 uh, fields so if you wanted to become an astronomer if you wanted to become an entrepreneur if you wanted to become a filmmaker photographer music producer or anything of of that sort uh, a you did not know anyone who had pursued this full time b you did not have any platform where you could go out there and you know connect to these people or learn skills in these fields and um, uh, you know there was no assurance or there was no um, what do you call it um, a, you know guarantee that um, how how a career in this particular field can be made or whether a career in this field can be made or not so this this was a problem and uh, we thought that some organization or some person needs to come in and change the way india is looking at careers because um, you know iit je iitee and neat and all of this is not clack this is this is not the end of it all right. right and there's so many so many so many careers that exist in india especially with the new digital age that has come in with the amount of content being consumed uh, it's 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 massive and um, i'm glad that over the last few years been able to do that we've been able to impact more than 1 lakh students to take up these alternate careers and let's see how what the future beholds but i'm very very uh, excited about you know uh, to see how india changes the way it looks at careers absolutely you know as a young audience and as a young host i i completely testify to that fact and i understand how necessary the need for such a product is and it's great how far you've gone and how consistent you've been in promoting that cause but you know stemming from there itself mm-hmm. mohammed i'd love to understand from you that you know there's a lot of chatter around edtech and i'm sure you know you've heard that as well <laughs> uh, and there's this shift that we talk about where people are either not or want to spend in you know creative skills in creative pursuits right so would love to understand what your observations of the market have been and where do you see this moving ahead because i might be wrong here but would love for you to you know set the record straight and what your observations practically have been in the market 
so let me talk about the edtech space a little bit before i dive into how the consumer behavior has evolved and how customers are have changed especially post covid um, mm-hmm. when you look at the edtech space the edtech space is extremely crowded primarily in the k12 segment right okay. so everybody is trying to help students get better marks become toppers etc etc yeah. right and the other aspect is um you know the test prep situation where everybody is helping everyone you know crack upsc crack jee mm-hmm. um you know it's it's just like you know, what akash bansal and all of these big organizations during 2000 you know during our time we should do offline is what's uh, you know going on online now and uh, with with white hat junior and all the controversy that is surrounding it there is a lot of uh, focus on um, the parents fomo or the parents insecurity regarding their child and that's that's uh, kind of sad because uh, while i belong to the edtech segment or my captain belongs to the edtech segment we have a very different view of the world we have a very different view of how education should be so we believe that we need to get our students uh, to truly discover what are they really passionate about and give them a mentor give them uh, a captain as we call it to help them um, you know pursue pursue that particular field and make a career into it be it music production stand up comedy or whatever it might be so um, there is a lot of Uh, what what we call as a saturation in the edtech space especially in k12 in test prep in upskilling as well but there is not enough uh, there are not enough platforms out there which are truly able to help people with their creative pursuits like right. where do you start learning music production where do you start learning stand up comedy where do you start learning entrepreneurship or filmmaking photography writing and um, you know content etc etc so um, that's that's a that's a nice space to look at what we have also seen over the last especially last one and a half years is a lot of master class like edtechs come up which right. are using celebrities as um, you know a model of uh, you know delivering courses so that's kind of promising to see that at least there is a market being created for creative pursuits and for uh, uh, for creative courses effectiveness of which uh, is debatable being in the uh, edtech space there's a lot that goes into uh, you know learning and outcomes we can talk about it when we you know dive further into edtech but yeah uh, it's it's good to see that there are at least some startups who are trying to get into the um, into the creative space than uh, than before in terms of uh, how over the last one one and a half years the market has evolved and how the customers have changed uh, it's very interesting it's very surprising in fact uh, you know in 2013 sorry 2016 17 majority of a crowd used to come from delhi pune mumbai uh, bangalore chennai and uh, today 57% of a crowd comes from tier 2 and tier 3 so there has been a complete shift in uh, you know uh, where is the crowd coming from who are the people who are coming onto the platform to learn so edtech has uh, has truly penetrated starting uh, started penetrating tier 2 and tier 3 now the most surprising part of what we see as behavior on my captain is that majority of the people who come onto our platform take up creative course so the most popular yes. course on our platform is psychology then is doodling then is social media content uh, then there is uh, you know uh, blogging and content writing and then comes things like advertising and ai and ethical hacking etc etc right so that's that's really heartwarming to see it yes. speaks volumes about how aspirational the tier 2 and tier 3 crowd is the fact that they believe in alternate careers and they are willing to go out and you know learn and uh, invest time into this got it got it but again very very refreshing to hear and reassuring to hear that you know people are actually taking this up uh, in more of a serious manner because i'm sure that you yeah. know uh, people had the desire but they had a lack of resources credibility which my captain is providing very solidly and it's great to yeah. see this so wonderful yeah. to hear this you know line of uh, answers but uh, taking a deep dive further into what i want to you know understand better from you and what part of your model also exhibits so perfectly right so part of uh, what is amazing about my captain at least according to me is the mentorship factor right the captain model yeah. itself right yeah. so very at the very basic level before we deep dive into mentorship for you know aspiring founders i'd love to understand from you how you like to define mentorship at a very fundamental level right like <laughs> like what is what is i uh, if you had to break it down in a very layman term uh, what would you say and how would you go about defining it 
Okay, so because I've been in the mentor mentoring space for almost like four to five years now, there's so many things that keep running into my head that it'll be very difficult for me to <laughs> go down and you know break it down into a very simple, uh, right. um, you know, um, a state sentence. But I, what I would like to, um, you know, uh, talk about is a mentor is the person that you could uh, go to when you need any kind of advice. Who is going to give you some kind of a direction, but will not tell you exactly what to do? It's going to help you think it through yourself, and you need to be able to take that decision. And this person can just, you know, give you certain direction, certain guidance, and um, you know, uh, be that confidant who you can go out and speak um, and uh, you know, uh, express your worries to and um, seek advice from. So this person needs to be a person who you can relate to very well. Who you who has a similar thought process as yours has same similar values like yours uh, can relate to you is willing to take out time for you respects you and um, is able to connect with you to in at the same level as you want to be uh, able to express them um, and say everything out to them right so a mentor needs to be a, a great confidant is also a person who gives you a a direction does not take decisions for you but helps you take decisions for yourself. Right. That's that's the key part. Uh, you know, that's something that all mentors need to understand as well. You're not there to go and tell them exactly what they need to be doing. You're able to get them to think and come to the realization themselves. What is it that they are doing right, or what is it that they are doing probably wrong? Right. So that's that's my opinion on um, you know how mentors should be and what kind of a mentor uh, you know you could you could confide in. right right wonderful again that's very comprehensive in its entirety and goes to show that you know uh, these are important people in our life that we need to confide in and they help us grow in the maximum capacity and ex- help us explore ourselves i love that yeah. definition and you know stemming from there itself for founders i'm sure there's so much that goes on in the career pathway in the journey that you know you need <laughs> some sort of guidance at stages right and on yeah. the other hand there is also this constant argument of coaching right so there's a difference so i'd love for you to probably you know touch upon what a mentor does differently than a coach and when at what stage is coaching required at all because uh, it'll be great for founders or aspiring founders to understand from you as to what are the kind of things that require coaching so that they can probably you know prepare themselves or you know get get a better hang of their journey in advance okay um all right let's let's dive into this right so uh, when you're a, when you are a founder when you're starting a company you're going to make tremendous number of mistakes you're going to make at least a thousand mistakes out there right and most of these mistakes are going to be the same mistakes that thousand other founders make right mm-hmm. so what we believe right now or what a lot of us believe right now is that majority of the mistakes that founders do can be avoided if founders speak to other founders and that there's a resource pool or there's an um, a network which helps them you know uh, learn and save them from the same mistakes that probably i did or probably what you are doing or anything like that right so major that is this is what we really believe is that majority of the mistakes that we make are really rookie really really stupid and really basic fundamental mistakes that that get get on repeating um for every entrepreneur right? an entrepreneur doesn't need to come in and figure their company out right from the scratch right there are at least a million companies out there right and they exist because uh, of certain they they made mistakes they overcame it etc etc there is a lot of information uh, that is not being passed on there's a lot of information that a lot of founders can share with each other and uh, it's really important for initial founders to get uh, a few advisors on board to get a few mentors on board have a sound board of advisors is what i will you know recommend early early stage uh, entrepreneurs especially Uh, to have such that they can avoid the same mistakes uh, that probably their advisors did and get guided um, guided better in terms of coaching um i think coaching is more needed when there is a particular trait or a particular character a particular attitude a particular skill that you wish to acquire or you wish to change right which requires a constant constant effort a constant um, uh, a more more organized effort to to either gain that skill or change that trait or get that uh, get that trait so if you think that you know okay maybe 
leadership is something that i really need to work on maybe time management is something i need to work on maybe conflict resolution is something that i need to work on maybe strategy is something that i need to work on human relations uh, public speaking whatever it might be if it's if it's hard skills like that or if it's um, critical things like that or if it's uh, a change in behavior and attitude that requires an organized effort to bring about that change or gain that skill is when i feel you know coaching is uh, uh, is needed i've never had a coach personally but i wouldn't mind getting a coach especially uh, in this stage that i am at right now where right. we have established product market fit but now we need to go and scale right, right. and there are there are problems of scale that we face and uh, that's what i've been doing last uh, last 3 months i've spoken to so many ceos and when i speak to them i don't make sure that i'm just doing one session with them i'm doing 8 to 10 sessions with them right i'm ha- i'm uh, requesting them to spend those that much of time with me and these are ex ceos these are investors these are um cxos of various organizations because i know that at this stage i need to learn certain skills certain processes which are going to help my organization and company scale so while it might not be formal coaching but it is beyond mentorship and it's more structured form of mentorship structured form that will helps me gain knowledge insights skills and uh, you know hence i think coachings coaching is needed um, at one point or the other based on uh, you know what kind of skill or trade you wish to change or acquire got it got it very very insightful again and goes to show that there's a stark distinction and we need to be aware of it and consciously make the decisions uh, based upon the kind of juncture we are in and the kind of requirement we have because if we need more serious learning i'm getting then coaching and you know more formally uh, but uh, otherwise like an informal a relation would entail mentorship right uh wonderful to hear that and get that out of the board but i'd love for you to probably you know give our audience a couple of examples as to how mentors have helped you through the journey of you know uh building my captain if there have been any specifics sure. or even if you know uh by virtue of the model that you have if you observe something uh in terms of how consumers have reacted to it would love for you to probably tell us a couple of instances Um, sure so let me talk about my journey uh, for a bit and then i'll talk about how a couple of students uh, you know or how in the learning space mentorship helps right so in terms of my journey again i was a 19 year old kid absolutely having no idea about how a venture works how startup works what is unit economics what is cash flow nothing right what is a business model absolutely nothing and i made very 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 rookie mistakes when i was starting out right from how to i handle a team how do i select a team to product market fit uh, forget product market fit uh, to um, problem solution uh, fit and uh, uh, you know really basic fundamental things that were all over all over the and this is where uh, um, the mentorship helped because uh, when when we started we started off as a magazine and when when we when we were doing that we got in touch with mr n ram who was the chairman of the hindu group the chairman told us that you know what print is dead print is dying you really need to move away from print because we as the hindu group are trying to move away from print so this is not the space that you should be ideally working in and uh, you should move your content online so that is one one validation that we got okay you know this doesn't make sense we really i think we really need to pivot because this is not working out second time was when we went to nsrcl and we used to have mentoring sessions every single month so i used to travel from chennai to bangalore on the last friday of every month I used to bunk my classes bunk my bunk my college and um, you know get a teammate along with me and attend a mentoring session at uh, nsrcl get a one on one conversation and there uh, you know every month um i'll um, you know there's some of the uh, other better direction given to us and it was very clear that we had to move out of print and we have to move into something more technologically uh, driven so a lot of our pivots in our initial days were possible because of guidance and mentorship from uh, all of these people and eventually my captain exists today because there were mentors who told us to move away from being a magazine or doing events in schools and colleges to building a technological solution and a more scalable solution for for the same problem that that we were trying to solve so uh, you know earlier days a lot of business decisions a lot of uh, you know confusions a lot of um, aspects of of uh, basics of running a business was taught to us by our advisors and men now when it comes to uh, on the learning side especially when it comes to creative fields you require a lot of hand holding and you require a lot of personal guidance and you require critical feedback 
this is where mentoring uh, and mentors can play a great great role right because if you're a writer somebody needs to critique your work somebody right. needs to give you personal feedback if you are a script writer the same thing goes if you are a photographer filmmaker entrepreneur or anything like that so in creative fields classroom teaching does not work it makes yeah. no sense to put in 40 people in front of an instructor and uh, you know keep that as the only model of learning that doesn't work you need to have personal feedback you need to have personal hours you need to get uh, you know critical feedback and that is where the role of a mentor plays uh, a vital role so if you're a person who's looking to be a photographer filmmaker stand up comedian music producer any any graphic designer uh, it is a ui ux designer whatever it is any any person who is involved with some kind of a creative work definitely requires a uh, personal feedback and critique and that's what a mentor gives you got it got it so feedback advice and you know personal the personal touch that exists and i can testify to it because during my journey as well of this i've been glad to have you know a, a couple of great mentors whom i can you know uh, text at any time of the day and they they'll be sure to you know uh, get my mind back to where it should be so i completely agree with you and uh, really applaud the you know lucid explanation of mentorship uh, moving ahead from that you know you can really mention in your uh, journey as well you've been a part Part of the IMB incubator, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so uh, yeah. that has really, you know, uh, that's been one of the startling factors because we not had other guests who, you know, been incubators at other programs. So I would love for you to probably give us a idea of how the how much of these incubators actually help and what is the kind of a role they can play in the startup journey for young uh, founders out there. i think incubation and acceleration are great um uh, you know opportunities and a launchpad for young entrepreneurs especially student entrepreneurs and first generation entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. um the fact that uh, see we are uh, we we went inside incubation at a stage where we didn't even need incubation right but right. still we decided to go ahead with incubation because we were young folks and we needed certain guidance we needed some some safety we needed some kind of uh, mentorship and uh, connect to the industry etc etc when 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 uh, you know we were offered incubation we were already having uh, you know around around a crore in uh, turnover for the year right and which was way beyond any other startup that existed uh, in and around us so uh, our reasons of getting into incubation were very clear we knew that we are young folks we are 22 20 uh, you know one and we need people around us who can help us guide us network with us make us learn and uh, you know um, who we could speak to b we needed industry connect people who could connect us to investors to uh, to potential customers potential organizations etc etc uh, we needed a good office space because we honestly with those revenues as well we couldn't really uh, we didn't really want to spend on an office space so mm-hmm. a great office space inside im bangalore was given to us and all the new recruits used to come in and join used to literally work from the campus right of imb so it was it was really great to Uh, in the initial days to attract talent and uh, get them to uh, you know um, work for us so uh, incubators um, are uh, this is our story but i'll tell you what incubators really help other startups out for is is that safe space where you build your first mvp is the right. place where you you know uh, kind of get ready to get launched in the market is the place where you hire your first team and build your first team is your first workspace where everything gets more formalized and um, you know your your startup is really uh, born so uh, and it give, it is surrounded by mentors workshops sessions talks etc etc which help you network which help you gain a lot of essential skills and knowledge and gives you the correct guidance especially in your early days you feel that you're not alone you have at least 15 20 founders out there near you that you you look at the window you're seeing another person uh, you know really anxious or really worried about what's going to happen you look at look at the other um, other fellow you uh, you know probably see them extremely excited and happy so you see all kinds of entrepreneurs you see all kinds of phases um, and you just know that you're not alone in this journey because entrepreneurship honestly is a very 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 lonely journey no matter how many co-founders you have no matter how large a team size you have if you're um, you know uh, you know if you're an entrepreneur if you're a founder the journey is lonely so it's always good to have people around 
got it got it so great explanation out there you know of how uh, we can take cues of what incubators and accelerators do to the startup journey and uh, wonderful to hear that you know taking a step back again and diving into a bit of the existential things that my captain so you, you there's a massive scale that is already going but i'm sure there's you know given the scope of the market there's going to be more but i want to understand that you know the culture evolution so if you can probably take a couple of minutes to uh, talk a bit upon what's the kind of culture that my captain ha- and how do you keep evolving it because uh, a lot of founders have spoken about culture but i love the fact that you know the evolution of it and the fact that you have cannot be that stringent about it and you have to keep evolving with it is something that really stands out so i'd love for you to you know probably uh, give us uh, an explanation to that as well and what has your observation been about culture especially given that you know you're in a pursuit to fulfill you know creative sprees of consumers so i'm sure it's like more important than ever for your organization um okay so i have i'm in that space where i have um a lot of questions around culture myself right because i'm in that scale phase where right. um, okay the culture was great and how we wanted it to be when we were a 10 people five people team then we became a 50 people team then we became a 100 people team then we became a 200 people team and today we are almost a 250 300 people team and um, what i feel is that certain values of the organization remain intact no matter how large the scale is so if 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 there is great storytelling inside the organization see culture and values emerge from stories and incidents that happen either with the founders either with the early team or um, of incidences within the organization so a culture of an organization is a result of incidences uh, of behavior of um, of uh, demonstrating values of stories etc etc that are that are unique to that organization unique to the founders of the organization unique to the founding team and the early team of uh, of the organization so while i definitely see three or four values of the organization which drive our culture still remain intact i also feel that those three or four values are not enough today to help us scale right. so it's important that your culture evolves a certain aspects and attributions and values are going to get you from 0 to 1 of them a few of them are going to get you to 1 to 10 Uh, a few of them are going to get you get you to 10 to 100 but to get from 100 to let's say 1000 10000 1 million uh, a whole different set of values a whole different set of culture processes etc uh, discipline need, needs to be uh, incorporated so your culture needs to evolve and grow as your organization keeps growing that doesn't mean you need to leave out on the fundamental values on which the organization was based and built up you need right. it's it's a very tricky very very tricky uh, situation to be in especially when you're about to scale or you're in the middle of scale um it's very easy and much very beautiful to talk about in the early days but as as it grows you need to really evolve and you don't necessarily need to be romantically attached to um, a particular culture only you might have to let go of that culture if it is stopping growth uh, if it's stopping uh, you from reaching the next stage Uh, of growth for your organization or, or for yourself another point okay. to note majorly the culture of any organization comes from the founders right. how you are as founders is how your organization is going to be it's as simple as that right got it got it so wonderful again you know great points to keep in mind for young founders and very important distinction out there and i love the fact that you're so you know accepting of the fact that you don't know enough as well and you know there's a long way to go and you recognize that consciously and you're trying to you know find answers to it so lovely to hear that uh one last question about my captain before you know we go to the concludatory phase and talk a bit about you before we close down uh you know i love the fact about my captain that you know you you're being so solid to create a student network and create a product that is so organically viable right because i myself like before i spoke in to you and you know while i've been in college i've heard about my captain from different sources be it you know instagram be it uh, whatsapp groups be it students and there's a great amount of organic traction that exists right and you resort mm-hmm. to multiple ways there are you know ambassadors there are there's great social media so if you can probably you know take a couple of 2 3 minutes to explain what's the internal strategy and you know uh, you know plan yeah. like to grow that kind of organic traction yeah. be a great cue for us 
see uh, what we feel is that the problem that we are trying to solve or what we are doing resonates very well with the student um, crowd right majority of the people in engineering or in bba or in any of these traditional fields um didn't really want to pursue it so when they look when they are able to get an opportunity to pursue something that they really liked pursue uh, would have liked pursuing and they see an organization that can help them get there they start believing in it and they they want to be a part of that movement so we see ourselves as my captain a movement more than a startup more than a uh, you know an a company or an edtech firm we see ourselves a as an education first organization when it comes to the heart and center of the organization and b as a movement as a revolution um, to bring about a societal mindset shift around how careers in india are looked at and when you need to do that you need to have a massive brilliant community believing in what you're trying to do yeah. and that is why it is very essential to uh, focus on uh, the number of mentees that we have the kind of colleges that we are present in how many students from each campus are actually pursuing what is it that they love doing how many of them have taken up a my captain course and given the passion a second chance uh, etc etc so a lot of our focus relies on growing from within the community rather than trying to do an um, you know online campaign or a youtube campaign or a newspaper campaign or any more than atl activities we are more btl and we are more driven by a community approach than uh then you know raise a lot of funds create a lot of brand awareness uh, create a lot of traffic and then retargeting them that's not the approach that uh, that we take we prefer using our own uh, community to you know do our community got it got it very very glad to hear the you know definition of what your vision is and how you define it to be a movement uh, it's very inspiring to say the least but to have that kind of confidence conviction and you know to be able to see that through is amazing and very lordful so thanks for that uh, like moving on to you know the final segment uh, a couple of last 5 10 minutes upon you as a founder maybe okay? <laughs> sure so yeah. uh, i'd love so for the first question here you know i'd love to understand you know there is a separate side to you as a person separate side to you as a founder separate side to you as a boss right uh, and you know a couple of people make that distinction a couple of people like to be the same throughout so i'd love for you you know if you can probably uh, tell us how you are as when you are in a you know beyond my captain what are you like and how are you when you are in my captain if you wear different hats what's it like there mm um none of my school friends can believe or um, you know uh, think of me of how i am at office or of how i am at work or how i i was during college as well there's a very different version of me when i'm with my school friends a very different version of me when i'm with my college friends and i'm a very different version of me when i'm uh, i'm at office and you know i'm uh, having certain responsibilities there and a very very embarrassing version when i'm uh, you know with my parents so my parents think i'm good for nothing i'm very careless and you know what not so um, <laughs> so there are various different versions of myself uh, based on who i'm with i'm ex- the most happiest version of myself would be with my school friends because they see a very goofy very funny very uh, actually not even funny very lame very goofy uh, side of me uh, and uh, <laughs> they really can't believe that you know i could actually start and scale an uh, organization my college friends always saw a very extremely professional version of of me uh, at a very young age of um, you know 19 20 so their um, you know uh, their expectation or their Uh, idea of who Zishan is is very different and is very aligned to how I am at at uh, at workspace as well. So you'll see all my college friends define me as a workaholic, a a freak, a, a weirdo when it comes to work. And the only thing that he does is work, 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 work. And you know has great has uh, ambitions that uh, that reach far beyond um, you know what what people at that age would would dream about or uh, think about. so that's that's what the college friends would uh, you know look at me as they never thought that i would ever get married or ever have a girlfriend because they thought that you know my captain was who i was married to and that is the only thing that matters in my life uh, so yeah <laughs> there are funny stories around that and um, um, my work work self is um, very similar to uh, you know what my college friends uh, assume it to be so right. that hasn't really 
changed much. Uh, a little less aggressive than how as I was in college. I was this very angry, very passionate, very, 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 um, you know, um, rebellious kind of a person in college, uh, focused on really creating something and making a dent in the universe. Um, and that came with its uh, flaws and attitude, flaws in anger management and everything like that. So I was a person who was extremely angry and always very bossy in college. But when it comes to workspace, that has completely gone. I'm very surprised when I look at myself, especially when, on the aggressiveness, how I've toned down so much, how I'm very calm in most of the you know, messed up and difficult situations that may arise. So I'm proud of that. That is how I've evolved as, as a leader, as a as a person. But yeah, that's that's the only difference between uh, my college self and now is that I know how to be more emotionally intelligent. I am very calm in extremely difficult situations. Um, uh, I can hold the organization and uh, keep it calm and, uh, you know, flowing when things are absolutely terrible or things are about to break. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how it is. Yeah, amazing to see the evolution and you know, you're not losing the 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 child side of you as well, while you must be very, very busy in uh, scaling the organization up and making such a loved product, uh, you know, uh, moving from there itself. So a lot of founders, and we all know that entrepreneurship is not, you know, uh, there's a 5% success rate for the people who actually, you know, are willing to take that risk as well. So what I'm trying to eye at here is, you know, when the going gets tough, what is your resort like? So I love asking this question also because, you know, founders, aspiring founders who are afraid or maybe risk averse of taking this road back, right? I'd love to understand from you, what is your resort to? So when the going gets tough, what do you do? What is your reinforcement mechanism? How do you not let yourself get complacent through this a hill of a journey that exists in front of you and how do you keep at it day in day out and especially because you began like at the age of 19 so would love to know some of those things as well uh see i think i've been very privileged and i've been very uh, uh you know fortunate to have certain characteristics and certain attitude uh, inculcated in me that you know tough situations really don't bother me too much I love uh, difficulties in fact uh, you know I really want each and every person in in my organization to undergo a very tough um, you know a journey and um, uh, face a lot of problems and evolve and emerge out of them so uh, because of how I was brought up especially I was brought up by a single mother right and who used to take me to um, uh, and put me in really challenging situations while I was a child uh, in terms of, you know, she'd make me, um, uh, you know, cross a monkey bar at the age of six, seven. And she'd, uh, you know, if, if I fall hundred times, she will always be there and tell me that, you know, what doesn't matter what, what happened. You just fell, right? There are a little bit of scratches, dust them off, dust your, um, you know, pants off and try again someday or the other, aaj nahi to kal, you will cross that, um, uh, that bar. So it, it, it just inculcated a fierce amount of perseverance in me, a fierce amount of ambition in me. And, uh, that just, uh, you know, kept on going throughout, be it, be it when in my very early days of childhood to my teenage years, how, how she molded me, what kind of conversations she had with me, how supportive she was when, even when I goofed up. So why, when, when a child is allowed to fail, okay. When a child is allowed to fail and when a child is given that cushion, uh, that, that safety net to fall and that safety net to fail, the child is when, when he or she grows up is able to take those risks and is not afraid of failure and failure doesn't break them down. Failure just gives them, um, you know, an opportunity to learn and do better next time. And that's the kind of attitude and that's the kind of values that were inculcated in me because I was raised by a very, very strong single mother, right? And that, that, that again plays a massive role in how I am as an individual, how I am as a CEO, how I am uh, as, as the head of the organization. And uh, if there are any, any difficulties that come in, challenges that come in, I bloody love challenges. Okay, I, I just I get, just get excited to solve them. Uh, in fact, when there was a period of time, especially at the last eight months, where everything was so smooth, so brilliant for edtechs out there, that I was getting bored. I was like, "Yar, ye kya ho raha? Itna easy kaise ho gaya sab? Why is it so easy now uh, compared to how it used to be earlier?" And then we saw a flat, and then we saw a, a little bit of decline uh, as well, and mm-hmm. that excited me the most. Like, okay, now this is what I want to solve. Can I, can I make sure that the organization is at the same scale 
not because of covid but because of of our um, of our marketing or because of our sales because of uh, our, our product and things like that so uh, of of our processes of our customer acquisition whatever it might be so those are the challenges that we are facing and again uh, we are able to solve it like we have seen great growth this month um, and uh, hopefully this growth continues and we reach the same levels as uh, the covid times without the covid playing a role in it so that's that's a challenge that um, you know i've personally taken and would love to solve that it's wonderful to see that you know entrepreneurship as a trait and as a mind frame was in you since the very start and you were never shy yeah. of challenges which is one thing that is a great you for everyone because you don't have to essentially wait for let's say building your first company to inculcate that spirit which you testify to and it's great to see to be very honest this has been an amazing journey and i'm certain that it's only going to go upwards from here but in the span of time that you've been at this and across your years of you know education and then doing this yeah. uh, if there are any particular lessons or you know learnings qualitatively you know uh, life mm-hmm. learnings without getting to preachy uh, i'd love for you to like <laughs> probably uh, tell you know if you had to tell your younger self something or the young audience listening what would mm-hmm. be some of those last final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with i think the first and most important thing is don't get married to your solution or your idea that is not what you uh, you know get romantically attached with but get romantically attached with the problem that you're trying to solve if the problem is legit and real and you have validated the problem fall in love with that problem be look at yourself as a messiah as an evangelist who's going to come and change the world and solve that problem for people around the world right so be that passionate about what you're uh, trying to build and what you're trying to trying to create what problem you're trying to solve but don't get very romantically attached to your uh, you know solution to your product to your idea because that's always going to change and that will always keep on evolving and um, you know you can't create it your customers going to tell you what is it that they want right so that is one thing second thing is um, uh, choose the right uh, co-founders have uh, a good first team it's essential i'm not saying that you know you're not going to make mistakes there you're 100% bound to make mistakes especially when it comes to getting your first team in place etc cetera, etc cetera. but find people who believe in the problem that you're trying to solve resonate with the vision of the organization and more than anything else skills can be acquired you can always hire other people to you know who have the required skills to build it for you whatever but uh, you know it's very essential for your core team it's very very essential for your co-founders to be completely completely in love with your vision completely in love with the problem that you're trying to solve and uh, it is it becomes it is so important to them that it becomes a life purpose to you know uh, work on uh, work on the problem and solve the problem for for the world so uh, that's uh, that, those are two things that i would uh, you know uh, just pass on to the next uh, generation again if if there's a student who's listening uh, then one thing that i'll tell you is that don't let age define what you can or you, what you cannot do okay age is just a number majority of the startups out there in fact if you look at the top 4 top 5 companies in the world let me name it to you right google microsoft apple dell all of them you know uh, were started in a garage was started by college students right so don't let your age be, uh, don't get into the whole societal thing of you know uh, start a company after you get a experience and after you have enough money no i feel starting up in college is the best damn time to start up you have the luxury to feel you have all the time in the world your first 1000 days of a startup are spent inside the campus uh, i think it's it's a great time if you have an idea if you really want to solve a problem you have figured it out take the plunge take the leap uh don't worry about uh, you know anything else just just go ahead and start doing it got it got it so you know don't let age define you and don't fall in love with your uh idea or solution be very problem oriented and finally make the right calls with the co-founders this has been so wonderful and this is such a great note to end the episode thank you so so much for being on the show it's always a pleasure speaking to you and this has been such a treat to record with you uh thank you so much mohammed for being on the show uh, con- congratulations jibraj i'm uh, really really happy to see your 
your uh, podcast grow so much i think you have already done 20 episodes and it's an honor to be uh, on this um, you know on this podcast i would and uh, all the best buddy i'm so happy and so proud of the fact that you're doing this at such a young age and you're really adding a lot of value to all the you know wantpreneurs or all the entrepreneurs who wish to start their company sometime in the future so all the best and uh, take so care much thank you so See much mohammad So that was Muhammad Dishan for all of you. From a 19-year-old to a founder for 7 years, that has been one amazing journey. A journey which will only go upwards and forward. Let's quickly revisit the great insights from the episode. One, age is just a number. The best time to start up was yesterday. The second best time is now. Two, mentors are extremely important. Surround yourself with those who understand and care for you. You will inevitably need them through this journey. 3. Coaching is different from mentorship. Coaching too is a requirement but only for specific purposes during specific time frames. Recognize when you need it and take the plunge. 4. Nothing is too much or too old. There is a long long way to go. a way during which you need to continuously evolve and learn be very very cognizant of it right build strong communities around your product the real communities go a long way in defining the success of your product six your surroundings define you it's great how zishan talks about the importance of accelerators and how it goes to define their trajectory simply because of the benefits of surrounding provides seven give things time and they are bound to happen finally start up as a student no better time to start up while still in college without the constant pressure or any other limitations that hold you back thus start up when you still can without any of those limitations That was it from episode 22 of the Indian Silicon Valley podcast where we understood the art of mentorship better with Muhammad Zishan of My Captain. This episode was brought to you in association with the entrepreneurship cell of Vellore Institute of Technology. If you have any interesting stories about mentorship which you'd feel like sharing, feel free to drop in your thoughts and we'll find a way to share the best ones with the audience. Having said that, I would like to take a moment to thank all of the many mentors I now have who have helped me immensely through this journey. Thanks a ton for tuning in, folks. I would be more than happy to chat about the episode further and understand any feedback that you may have about the podcast. So feel free to drop in a text on the platform of your choice. The WhatsApp community is growing by the day and I'm so glad to see that happen. Do not forget to join in via the link in the description. With that I would like to thank you again for tuning in. I will see you next week for another episode. Till then I hope you recall. If you never try you'll never know. Stay tuned and keep building.